Hello, hello, hello! So, isang mapagpalayang araw sa ating lahat. My name is Shanalyn Pineda and I'll be your host for today's session entitled Ang Kwentong Lila Podcast, Conversations for Change. But before we begin, let's get to know our speakers for our first podcast series. Okay, so who do we have here? Uh, let's hear it from the team. So first up, we have Ms. Alisa Sagana, followed by Ms. Dane Valencia, and of course, Ms. Shannon Suway Baguio. Hello everyone, my name is Alisa Sagana, a 119 Salasal University, Manila, taking up AP Political Science, minor in Humanistic and Sustainability Management. I'm also currently the Publicity and Promotions Head of Pag-asang Lalaki Lila. It's a pleasant day to all. I'm Dane Valencia, also one of nine student from La Salle University, Manila, who's also taking up AB Political Science minor in Sociology. And I'm the Research and Development Head of Pag-asang Lalaki And I'm Shannon Saibagyo. Like everyone else, I'm a 109 student from De La Salle University, Manila, taking up AB Political Science, minor in film. I'm the Communications and Linkages Head of Pag-asang Dalakailila. And of course, your most trusted host for today is, like our other speakers, a 119 student from DLSU Manila, taking up AB Political Science, minor in Development Studies. And I'm also the group rep- representative for the issue advocacy project entitled Pag-asang Dalakailila. Thank you so much, ladies, for that short but sweet introduction. Now, let's move on to the more interesting parts of our session. So, of course, let's discuss first, ladies, on how the group was formed, shall we? So, let's begin with Miss Ali. The group was formed because of a requirement for our political marketing class in Asal. Uh, for me, I have personally worked with Dane and Shen in our previous courses, so it wasn't new for me. You know, Shannon, on the other hand, was a new face, so it's very, very you know, great to have her on our team. Thus, that's how the group was formed. Four girls with an advocacy within them. Interesting, but how about in your perspective, naman, Miss Dane? Okay, so before as part of the project, we all look back at depressing issues in the country. Uh, there were different issues, our personal advocacies, as well as what we want to feature. And during the time, news about political prisoners and their infants was reported, and it was very alarming for us. I think the group was formed mainly because we have given the same importance to these issues. It made us get curious in other aspects, as well as we wanted to change through initiatives that we can formulate for others. I actually agree with the sentiments of Dane here, no? But let's also hear from Miss Shannon as well. From what I remember, we all met on Zoom to talk about what issue advocacy to tackle or raise awareness about. And just like what Dane said, we all suggested different issues to feature. Some of us suggested environmental issues, issues on indigenous people, and issues of overseas Filipino workers. Many great ideas were produced that day, however, I think this particular advocacy that we are currently advocating for truly stuck with us because we were aware of how grave the issue is. We formed the group in order to shed light on the issue. Thank you for that, Shannon. So in my perspective, 
the group was formed first as a response to the cases of Donna Espinosa and Reina Minasino. Yes, and during the brainstorming of the project, we really thought of issues that have resonated with us personally, as was mentioned by um, the other guest speakers. And from countless topics or issues that were suggested by each of us, the situation of women PDLs in the system really hit us hard due to their marginalization in society. But in line with how we banded together over our shared perceptions and beliefs, it is only fair to also discuss about our advocacies as a team who created Pag-asang Nalakay Dila. Sige, let me lead on manifesting this one. For me, the vision has always been to spark meaningful discussions about the state of the country's penal system. Um, although the general consensus remains to be that the aforementioned system is far from perfect, women are particularly at a high risk of being vulnerable to mistreatment, cruelty, or even abuse at times while being under such systems. So in society, women are considered to be minorities right? that experience issues unique to them, like sexual harassment, gender-based abuse, and also misogyny. Um, these are just some cases that are, you know, familiar to us, but inside a failing correctional institution or a reformatory institution, a women's experience with these issues tend to be more intensified. So in a male-dominated space, diba, we all know naman na um, the population of prisoners in the Philippines are male-dominated talaga. Women's gender needs are often dismissed and neglected because they're the minorities nga. So this becomes detrimental to their health, human rights, and overall well-being. For this reason, it is necessary to raise awareness about the current conditions of women prisoners in the Philippines. In short, the advocacy lies in being able to positively impact the lives of these women while also systematically and structurally being able to become catalysts of change in society. So how about you, Ali? What do you think is the advocacy behind our project? Actually, I think you and I are on the same boat, Shen. Um, I do believe that in the end, the advocacy of the team is to fight for the welfare and security of pe persons deprived of liberty, particularly the women. This is an aspect that's not explored, an advocacy that's not explored, because not a lot of people know the status of these women when they're placed under a facility. Hindi lang nakikita na binabale wala ang mga babae doon at binabaliwala ang kanilang pangailangan. I believe that there is a lack of media and research advocacy. That's why there is a need to change. Not only is pag-asang dalakili calling for systematic change, but to give light to others, like normal citizens, with the status of these women. I don't think we should, you know, hold back on the information that we have, but instead, you know, we must explore it. Um, we must give new policies or uh, programs that will aid these people's lives better. And I really, really hope that Pag-asang Dalakelina is going to be a stepping stone for them. Thanks for that, Ali. Now, let's move on to why the group wants to focus on the issues of women PDL naman. And what is the project all about? Okay, so what is the project all about? Basically, uh, Pag-asang nila kay Lila is an advocacy project na in general, uh, we launch initiatives with the main goal of bringing hope to women prisoners. Through these various platforms, we aim to spread awareness 
by posting facts about the current and issues uh, that concern the penal system of the country and persons deprived of liberty. Uh, then as we highlight these issues, we aim to encourage the general public to engage in this initiative uh, through donating for the fundraising that will benefit current women PDS as we aim to promote their health and physical wellness by addressing problems in terms of their hygiene products. Um, actually, this podcast included is a platform that we use to engage the general public and have a wider understanding of these issues through different perspectives. So what inspires us to continue tackling these issues are, of course, our women PDLs themselves who experience these issues. Uh, as women ourselves, uh, we have the initiative to help fellow women. And given that there's still a pandemic, it is most important now that we extend our help for them because as much as the pandemic has brought us many hardships, they do have hardships, which is why the team also focuses on providing them uh, wide margin products. And after all, it will help them. It will help them and boost their confidence in their days. I think that the general intention of the group as what was um, iterated by Ms. Dane Valencia would be to protect the inherent dignity and value um, of women PDLs as human beings, which can only be achieved by, you know, gradually eradicating all forms of mistreatment, maltreatment, and also ill treatment. So moreover, the group would like to mainly shed light on the gendered needs talaga of women PDLs, such as the issues of health and medical and medical care of the facilities. Aside from this goal, the team also hopes to make sure that there are no other less restrictive ways to give them the care that they need, as well as to eradicate stigma towards women PDLs. I totally agree with you guys. The project is all about engaging the public about issues women PDLs face. But also at the same time, we do not want the preconceived notions of the public about inmates to dominate the narrative. It has always uh, been our goal for them to be a medium where current and former female inmates can let their voices be heard. We want this project to be a way for the public to know about issues with face directly from the source or directly from women inmates themselves. Inspiring answers from spirited individuals, might I say. So thank you for those empowering remarks. Let's now move on to the next question that we have here. So what is the meaning behind the name? Who is Lila? So Sige, I'll start also on this one. So, well, lila or the color violet represents women and symbolizes dignity and justice. So, pag-asang dala kay lila literally means bringing hope to women, particularly women deprived of liberty, which the project aims to give importance to through various initiatives. And additionally, since we didn't want to brand persons of being PDLs na lang throughout their lives, diba? even after they were reformed, we found that Lila would be most fitting to utilize in order to honor the anonymity of current and former PDLs that they might want to manifest. I do agree with Shen that we gave the term Lila as something that's anonymous to the audience. Um, we wanted them to know that Lila is a person that's being mistreated in an institution that failed to protect her and to give her justice. I'm with you on this one, Ali. Thank you for raising that up. So moreover, we have another interesting query here. So leaning into the creative side, man, is there any symbolism in your publication materials or branding that makes use of a lot of butterflies and flowers? Okay, okay. 
Okay, being the creatives and publicity of the team, I think I have to, you know, take this question. So, a little backstory. When I was looking for um, different elements in our branding, I actually already had flowers in mind. Flowers, you know, symbolizes femininity and calmness and peace. Uh, it's something that our PBLs don't always get. So we hope that, you know, with our branding, we may be able to give comfort to them, to give comfort to the audience, that it is okay to talk to them and to be forward and to help them. And the butterflies came in right after. Um, when I was thinking about the butterflies, I was thinking about how beautiful and free they are and how they can grow in certain environments that sometimes don't suit them. But, you know, after all that, they still bloom. And additionally, I'm also very particular about the watercoloring. So as you can see in our branding, I wanted to give a realistic vibe to our publication materials. Because if, you know, everything done is like done digitally, masyado siyang malinis tignan. Parang walang humanistic touch to it. So I do believe watercolor is an element that gives like um and authenticity you wrote on it someone really drew on it and i do want the odd how authentic we are and how authentic this and will be in this movement so before proceeding with the next set of questions i would just like to add with what miss ali said a while ago so i think that the group's motivation as well is to also use butterflies, flowers, and color palette, and the color palette that we're using, as well as the you know brush strokes of the watercolor, in order to remove the initial judgment that the audiences may have when they hear about the words women PBLs. So you know, due to the stigma surrounding how these people ended up in jail, most people will have their prior ideas talaga about the certain individuals to the point that they wouldn't have had listened to anything that is to be implicated in the releases of our group. So that's why the marketing strategy was to make it both approachable and warming talaga through our, through, through our branding. So, okay, let's now proceed to our next sets of queries. What are the objectives of the project? We we have three main objectives for this project. Awareness, second, to, to lastly, to bring hope. Awareness is always the start of change. Our main target audience is our peers and people from DLSU. I mean, the issue in ways our audience would with is crucial. Um, the, despite this, we know that raising awareness is not up only as a Facebook page. We also create action, meaning we want to create a platform for for people where we also want to bring NPDLs and the public. We want to send a massive action. We can actually create positive change. Okay, so right, it's direct to the point, as what Shannon said, and in the general sense, the objective of this project is to bring hope to women BDLs through initiatives that will shed light about the status of women in the Philippine prisons and reformatory institutions. With these initiatives also, we really hope more inspired like us to know more about BDLs in our country and from them more. Thank you, ladies. It's clear now talaga on what the vision of the project is, thanks to Ms. Dane and as well as Ms. Shannon. So, but then again, um, what could we do to manifest these? What are the initiatives of the project naman? So, Pag-asang Dalakay Lila has multiple projects that 
we have in store for you guys. So first of all, we have Monday quotes in which we reflect amongst ourselves. We Friday facts in which the audience knows something more about women PDLs in the Philippines. And uh, we recently launched Handoke Lila to give sanitize PDLs. So of course, I'm just gonna plug it in. Go and of course uh, help us with our fundraising. And of course, this podcast, Kwentong Lila, it's for everyone who's wondering a situation, who wants to know more about PD per scale, and to look at other people with the same advocacy as ours. Which stay tuned for more. For me, talaga, uh, the project initiatives are true pronged. So as what Miss Ano Miss Ali said, the awareness campaign and the fundraising activities through the projects that were mentioned by Miss Ali are the ones that manifested the initiatives of the advocacy project. So hope that's now you know clear clearer to our audiences. So we now proceed to answering the question: Who are the women PDLs? Well, kasi diba, we've been discussing our advocacies, our objectives, our initiatives, but um, we have yet to tackle the subject itself, which are the women PDLs. So let's hear it from our guests. So women PDLs are who are deprived of liberty. Sorry. That's what PDL stands for. Persons deprived of liberty. Yes, they are individuals who are still awaiting judgment or undergoing trial. And in the context of our country, we have have a Correctional Institute for Women, or CIW, who specifically cater to women PDLs, and they are located in Manaluyong City. Okay, so, but why did the group want to focus on these issues of women PDL? Okay, so this advocacy started kasi around April 2021, sorry, so last year, in one of our major subjects. Uh, we took this topic because there are many pressing issues that PDLs face, now, we, have, we hope can be highlighted more in society. Pagdating pa lang sa usapin ng facilities, may issue na ng congestion, ng hygiene, at pati ng health concerns na nakakompromise. And nandito rin yung issue ng gender-based discrimination dahil uh, male-dominated ang ating correctional facilities. Then, isa rin sa importante at nakaka-alarma ng issue ay yung kinakarap ng mga political prisoners tulad nung nangyari kay Nona Espinosa at Reyna Mayinasino at lalo sa mga anak nila na nangangailangan noon ng medical attention. Pero sadly, pinagkaitan sila ng pagkakataon na bigyan pangalaga yung mga sanggol na bagong silang. Pagdating din naman sa pag-reforma sa mga PDS, problema rin yung stigma na kinakarap nila na nagiging hadlang sa reintegration nila sa lipunan. At ilang lamang itong mga isyong ito sa mga marami pang problema na kinakarap ng mga sa Pilipinas. So last year, when we first covered this topic kasi, uh, actually, I personally noticed na this topic was the only topic uh, covering PDLs and it was a fresh take for us to cover in our studies, even until now. So we took pride in doing studies about women PDLs and actually, this is the second one. So we also chose the tagline na habang may buhay, may pag-asa in line with the reason kung bakit kami nag-focus sa issues na kinakaharap ng women. It is to let society know na we integrate persons deprived of liberty and not separate them from us dahil sa pinagdaanan nila or mga kinakaharap nila noon. Encourage more people to help with this reintegration by accept, 
by accepting them as normal people. Kaya din naman sila and they have purpose in society, uh, just like everybody else. Um, actually, before meeting with you guys and before forming the group, I haven't really researched about the status of women PDLs in the Philippines and news about Nona Espinosa and Reina Menasino's experiences, but I um, never truly realized for the conditions women inmates face inside the system. Like the first time I learned in depth about the issues they face was when we talked about it in our meeting. Um, despite this, I felt like it was the right advocacy to raise awareness about kasi para sa akin pinili ko rin itong advocacyang ito dahil um wala pa man noon interesado na ako sa mga issue na kinakaharap ng mga kabaihan i have always been fascinated by women and gender studies um most of my papers are about the women experience so um from what i've learned women across different societies and classes face challenges that are specific to them ang um, kinaka harap ng mga preso ay iba sa kinakaharap natin. Maaaring may mga um, problema tayo na mayroon sila pero may mga problema sila na wala tayo. I think um, this is one of the reasons why we decided to choose this advocacy. It's because all women and we know that we have issues that are specific to us. Issues that are um, issues that men do not have to deal with. But at the same time, we know that women inmates have issues that are specific to them, issues that we do not have to deal with. I think we know the importance of listening to the voices and also amplifying the voices of those who deal with issues different from ours. Very, very detailed explanation, guys. So kudos to those answers. Now, um, are there any other organizations that inspired the group to create Pag-asang Dalakaylila? So as mentioned earlier, um, the idea of advocating for women PDL started last year in one of our major subjects. Uh, we were able to contact HLAF or Humanitarian Legal Assistance Foundation. And we have Mr. Wendell Manaloto. Uh, he's a social worker for HLAF. He's one of our participants in the focus group discussion or FGT. And from that, we were able to know more about what Mr. Manaloto does in HLAF. So basically, they help PDLs in their integration. And of course, they get to interact with PDLs. Kasama na rin yung pagkipagkwentuhan, situations, and experiences nila sa facilities. So the FGD was very eye-opening. And personally, I got more interested in what the organization does. HLAF inspired us in many ways. And we want to explore more and get to know more about their integration of PDLs. Kaya, um, thankfully, we are also able to work with them again for Pag-asang Dalakilila. So, do anticipate them for the next episodes of this podcast. Thank you, Ms. Dane, for clarifying that. And in line with the aforementioned question, I think it's also um, fitting to ask uh, what the situation of women PDLs are in the current criminal justice system. No? So, what are the issues kaya that women PDLs face based on the group's observations? Several studies have shown that the country's incarceration and correctional facilities are in poor condition. Uh, like the country's facilities are severely overcrowded to the point of being deadly. And processing of cases are lagging and inefficient. Corruption is also widespread. We know that every inmate is vulnerable to the conditions the system poses, pero alam din natin 
na ang mga babaeng preso ay nakakaranas ng ibang mga na wala ang mga lalaking preso. Sa labas ng kulungan, nakakaranas ng sexual violence, gender-based abuse at diskriminasyon ang mga kababaihan. What more inside of failing um, incarceration and correctional facility? Um, I and what Shannon mentioned, there are issues concerning the facilities kasi and then yung congestion. And according to Human Rights Watch in 2021, mayroong 301% total congestion rate on facilities ng Bureau of Corrections. So meaning there are seven facilities ng Bureau of Corrections have four times more inmates than the total capacity na they can handle. So it poses various threats to their health. Now I want to highlight more the situations of political prisoners. And as mentioned earlier, uh, the recent ones are the case of Espinosa and Reina Maynasino, which were also one of the issues that made us advocate for this topic. So these political prisoners were mothers to their newborn infants, but were neglected proper treatment as they, sep- uh, as they separated these newborn infants from their mothers. And this kind of treatment you know, led to the death of the babies, which is very unacceptable because it would have been prevented only if they allowed the political prisoners to at least care for their infants. And it poses a problem na hindi short term on the mother's end. Because it is their infant's lives that even during the burial of the infant, it wasn't as peaceful as what any of you ever imagined. Or they will give for the burial kasi marami nakapalibot na police during that time. And that too is a problem kasi political prisoners are PDLs based beyond correctional facilities. And with what you guys mentioned, um, why do you think that it's important to act upon these issues that were, you know, manifested during our discussion so far? I think it all boils down to the question, if not us, then who? Um, if we don't bring light to situations like these, then their problems will be buried until the end of time. We'll never know what happened to them or what their conditions are inside these facilities. And of course, I, for one, cannot bear the thought of knowing and not doing anything. For me, social issues we have today persist and will continue to persist if no one asks to address it. And more victims will be further pushed to the margins of society, which will eventually leave them at a great disadvantage because they will be left unrepresented. And it is important that the varying issues they face are addressed because if we keep the system like this, more women PDS will suffer in the facilities. More newborn babies of political prisoners will lose their lives. More people will have this mindset na wala na silang pag-asa sa buhay. And that is one of the things that we want to change in society. So in order to have this change, we need to address existing issues to make changes in little steps to those changes that will impact the wider community. Um, I would like to add like a very short comment on that. I think it is also important to act on these issues because we have the ability to do so. It's our responsibility to create a better environment for everyone, for other people. For me, um, it is in my steadfast belief no, that the women PDL, due to their vulnerability and also being part of the minority, are always almost invisible. So as mentioned again and again during the session, women face unique challenges within the system. Yet behind this, we have yet to totally dig. dig. 
into the you know criminalization of women's survival strategies that has become a main symptom um, of female imprisonment so through efforts as such we will not only be able to raise awareness but also spark possible discussions about the possible analysis of concurrent policies which makes evident um, that the criminal justice system often discounts the societal and institutional forces that influence women or female criminality. So instead, policies that have adopted a perspective that is predominantly male-oriented, um, given the lack of research syempre, and literature on women in prison, should you know um, see or should see the issues um, into the quote-unquote gender-neutral framework that has been succeeded in its attempt to equalize the male and female prison population. So um, in turn, in designing policy and legislation to prevent crime, it is also necessary to grasp the context in which female offending and imprisonment originates too. So having said this, what now can we do to act upon these issues at hand? What do you guys think? I think what we can do to act upon this issue is, of course, to act now. Of course, acting now does not really mean that acting without goals and concrete plans for the longer or shorter term. Um, it is vital that in everything there is a goal that we want to achieve. And we ask questions like, what is the purpose of our actions? Or who will benefit from these actions? And what will they benefit from these actions? In addition, we would also like to ask now, would these actions create positive changes or would it make things worse? And we also want to ask, how will actions mobilize others to do the same para we create a ripple of initiatives and create a huge impact? Uh, it is also vital for me to remember that awareness is always the key for us to act because our knowledge and awareness will drive our actions into real change. We can start this by doing more research about the issue or consulting with credible and re reliable sources or individuals who know or have direct experience with the issue. And with this information, we can uh, disseminate it for us to influence the public, but we can do this more effectively if we start from a small community. More importantly, we need to always observe and listen to the ideas of others. And in this way, we can be more progressive in achieving our goal to act upon these persisting issues in our society. I agree with what Dane said that we uh, that awareness is important for us to act. And so for me, in order for me to become aware, I have to listen to the community. I think it is imperative that we know their issues and problems from them. In this way, we are not overstepping our boundaries and talking over their narrative. Uh, this is why um, our project prioritizes the opinion and stories of women BDLs. While we also state our opinion about the system, it, it's always the evidences of women BDLs. It's never solely about what we think as a group, but what we make out of the stories we hear. Quite similar to what the other guests have said now. So it's all about raising awareness, sparking discussions, and taking action talaga. So the prison industrial complex, it is not just flawed, as we all know, it's also broken. So given that the framework of today's prison complex was built on 
um, the punishment rather than rehabilitation, it appears that these fundamental characters are not going anywhere anytime soon. So in this case, it has become more obvious that women within the correctional and um, reformatory facilities face, face unique challenges. So women are still predominantly invisible in our discussion and policies that dictate the criminal justice system. So in a system that is responsible for some of society's greatest injustices, it is not only fair that we discuss women, but it is also incredibly necessary. So analyzing female prisoners points us to the ills of society and the failure to alleviate um, uh, the society and its people from patriarchy, poverty, and other symptoms that points to um, the situation of women PDL. Well, okay, I'm the last one. So to sum it all up, I think you guys have great answers and you guys kind of got my answer as well. Um, so I'm just going to say that, you know, of course, we must continue this advocacy. We must continue to shed light and do more research regarding women PBLs. Um, we mustn't be afraid to conversations about it because, you know, there's nothing wrong with conversing with other people about your advocacy because, you know, it's your own and no one can ever take that away from you. We are selfless and we must learn empathy. Um, let's try to see things in a different perspective and be open to change our perspective once you know we are presented with new information. It all starts with a simple like and a simple share about this advocacy. Um, we can support different organizations that uphold our values and support them. You know, there are a lot of things we can do and all we need to have is the initiative to start it. Thank you, everyone. Um, thank you to our guests, of course, Ms. Dane Valencia, Ms. Eliza Sagana, and Ms. Shadon Suwebagyo. So I guess that's it for the first podcast session entitled Ang Kwentong Bila, Conversations for Change. Again, I'm Shanalyn Pineda, your host for today. Thank you for listening and have a good day ahead. Oh, 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 oh,